Welcome to this edition of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Ristvet. For this episode, we're back in Kansas City at the National Association of Farm Broadcasters Convention. Caught up with some great folks. We're speaking on this episode with Adam Tice, who is the pioneer lead for corn marketing. Also, we'll be chatting with Greg Haynes, who is the CEO of the Beef Checkoff Board. First up, though, is Adam Tice, pioneer lead for corn marketing. You guys have got some tried and true genetics, but I bet you've got some genetics on the forefront here that you're looking at for this next coming year, right? Tell us some of those. Yeah, exciting time. We just advanced our newest class of Pioneer Hybrid, so they'll be available in introductory volumes in 2024. So step change in in genetic yield there. We're seeing about a 10 bushel advantage versus the competition. Over 26,000 comparisons, which is a crazy high amount, which gives a lot of credibility to that yield claim that we have there. But on the trait side, there's just as much excitement coming there, both on the corn rootworm front, but also on that rotated acre as well. We're seeing the advancements of Vorseed and List and also Power Core and List be available for the first time across a wide range of maturity options and a lot of Pioneer hybrids. And what those technologies are really bringing is another level of insect protection, RNAi for the CRW acre or corn rootworm acre, and another mode of action for the above ground or rotated acre with Power Core and List. As you can tell by Vorseed and List and Power Core and List, they also have the Enlist system enabled with it as well. So a lot of uh, uh, excitement around the Enlist E3 system and soybeans the last couple of years as that's been on a really record pace of you know that soybean trait we're now seeing those same benefits that soybean farmers have come to experience and trust in soy in the corn system as well with a wide application window up to 30 inch corn they can spray that without even putting on drop nozzles with drop nozzles up to 48 inches and also the low volatility they come to trust with enlist well outstanding now if the listeners, they, if they want to get a hold of you guys and find out how you guys can help out in their field and get their hands on some of these new genetics and traits, what's their best bet? Where should they go? What should be their first step? Yeah, we encourage folks to, to reach out to their local Pioneer sales rep. And for any customers uh, or, or farmers that aren't customers today, they can always go to Pioneer.com, find out who their local sales rep would be, and reach out that way as well if they don't have an existing relationship with us. Well, outstanding. And Adam, anything else that you would like us to know for either now or into the near future? Yeah, I think this innovation engine is only going to intensify and get more exciting. In fact, we're going to launch more innovation in the next decade than the last 30 years combined. So encourage farmers that are our customers to keep asking us questions about what's coming. And folks that haven't given us a try for a while, maybe ask us what's new and see if it's the right fit for your farm. Well, outstanding. Adam, thank you for spending a little time with us today. Thank you. I want to thank Adam Tice once again from Pioneer. Next up, we've got Greg Haynes, who is the CEO of the Beef Checkoff Board. Yeah, the checkoff is, you know, a industry initiative that happened in 1985. It was part of the 1985 Farm Bill. And the goal is to create demand for beef through education, research, marketing, promotion. So when this was implemented in 1985, it was set up so that Every time an animal is sold in the country, a dollar is collected. So half of that dollar stays in the state, at that state beef council where it was collected, and then the other half comes up to the national level. And the goal there was really to create you know, better economies of scale, re, you know, reduce redundancy. Before that, there had been a lot of different groups doing different things. There wasn't that coordination. So this really allows us as the industry to coordinate what we're doing to be a lot more efficient, On that national side that we're managing, we can be developing large-scale promotions or doing big-scale research, things like that. And then all of that can be funneled down to the states. And with their boots on the ground or local issues or concerns, then they can really address those kind of on that local level. So that's how it started, yeah, 1985. (laughs) Well, outstanding. So what's happening these days with the beef checkoff? What is top of mind in the beef world? Right. So every... So our... 
fiscal year starts at the beginning of October, so new programs are beginning then. So we had a meeting in September of our Beef Operating Committee, and they were able to identify and select the contracting programs that we were going to do and how much they'd all get funded for. So we had about probably $38 million of available funds for programs, but the the request for for program funding was actually about almost $12 million more than that, over $11 million more. So they really had to go through these programs and see, you know, what can we fund, what can we not. So it's a pretty difficult challenge for them to be able to go through and do all that. And I think they did a good job, so we came out with the budget. Like I said, those have all started here in October. A good range of things. You've got promotion side, the playing off the beef that's what's for dinner. You have the Together We Bring More theme, which is kind of highlighting uh, just, you know, beef is kind of a celebratory you know, product. When people go out to have a good time or celebrate something, it's like beef. Yeah, we're going to get a steak. But, you know, why not celebrate the small day-to-day things so you can bring that in with, with beef as well. So kind of pushing all of that, you know, research on, say, salmonella and how can we control that and make sure the product's safer. There's been a lot on educating um, educators, like in the high school teachers who are in STEM programs, to really include uh, you know, beef production and what's all behind it. Because as you know, it's not just you just put an animal out there. It's like there's a lot that goes into it as far as the feeding and the genetics and all of this. So this is like becoming part of this the curriculum that these students are using. Uh, international markets are always exciting. Last year, you know, we were at record levels, almost near $12 billion. We're a little bit lower this year, but I think a lot of that also has to do just we have lower supplies. There's just not as much cattle or as much beef out there. So that's that's impacting everyone. But despite that, what we're seeing is that demand for beef now is at record levels. So even with higher prices, consumers are still choosing to, to pick beef. And to me, that's what this whole program's about. And that's not something that just happens overnight. You've got to be building on this year after year after year. And I think now, you know, the situation, how it is now, really demonstrates that positive impact that the checkoffs had. Well, outstanding. If folks want to uh, find out more about the beef checkoff, if they want to see what the the newest and the greatest, uh, where should they go? How do they do that? What's the best first step? Yeah, I think anybody who wants to learn more about the checkoff, go to drivingdemandforbeef.com. Uh, it'll give you a lot of information about the program, how it works, the different activities that are happening. You can also sign up for our newsletter. So we have a hard copy that goes out every quarter called The Drive. And then there's also a monthly email version. Uh, so you can sign up and get both or one of those. But that really gives you a good snapshot of, of what's happening with the checkoff at any given time. Well, that's then Greg, anything else you'd like us to know for either now or into the near future? Now, I think that, you know, there's just a lot of misperceptions about the checkoff. Like we said, it's been around since 1985, and people are saying, well, why doesn't it do this, or why aren't you supporting this issue? And we always have to make sure that producers know that the checkoff cannot do any kind of policy work. Our goal only is to drive demand for beef. So we'll get people who maybe say, I'm, I'm in favor of cool, or I don't like cool. What are you guys doing on this? And it's like, obviously, a divisive issue. The checkoff's designed to bring demand for beef for everyone. Well, outstanding. Greg, thank you for spending a little time with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. I want to thank Greg Haynes once again with the Beef Checkoff and also Adam Tice with Pioneer. And for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network, I'm Richard Ristvet.